breaking news from KXAN News. Let's get started with that breaking news this morning. An apartment complex is on fire. This is live video right now in South Austin. You can see the flames shooting out of the roof. Multiple ladder trucks trying to put water on this from above. But this has been a battle that's been going on for around an hour now. This is the South Cannon Apartments where the fire originally started on a patio. But you can see how quickly this spread to the rest of the building. Our photographer who's there on scene has said that this has spread to almost half of the apartment complex just off of South Congress and William Cannon Drive to give you a location here. This complex includes one to two bedroom apartment homes and two to three bedroom townhomes. There is also other breaking news that we are following this morning, so we want to get to that as well. Austin police investigating a deadly shooting at a motel in South Austin. By our count, this is Austin's seventh homicide so far this year. This is the first day of February, too. Remember that. This is over at the Super 8 Motel on Southbound Service Road I-35, just south of U.S. Highway 290. There's the map, and here is a live look at the scene right now. Not a very active situation, but you can still see that police officers have off this area. APD says that it got a call just after midnight this morning reporting two men with guns. After they got there, they heard one gunshot and after getting out of their cars, they found the suspect and the victim. They try to save the man's life. They say he didn't make it. Police have the suspect in custody, but they say no one right now has been charged. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good Thursday morning to you. Let's start with radar. Have a little bit of some sprinkle activity out there in the hill country. Nothing is really having a whole lot of success reaching the ground and accumulating, but a couple raindrops possible for our friends out in Burnett and Lampasas County. Other than that, just a mix of some mostly to partly cloudy skies as we begin the day. Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center camera there in South Austin showing you some of that cloud cover sitting over the city at the moment. Temperature difference. We are significantly warmer out in the hill country up by 10 to 15 degrees, even a few degrees warmer here in the Austin area and eastward. That leaves us with more 40s and 50s on the map this morning compared to yesterday's 30s and 40s. So I would still recommend a light coat, but no need to bundle up this morning. Those 40s and 50s will warm nicely today, getting back into the 60s by noon. Forecast high. 70s or 73 this afternoon here in Austin, similar to what we felt yesterday. No significant rain today, but clearly we've got a lot to talk about for tomorrow. Thunderstorms and showers with the possibility of a low severe risk and a low flooding risk getting into the start of the weekend. I've got everything you need to know before this storm rolls in coming up in your first winning forecast. Thank you. Austin City Council meeting today, and they're talking about ways to keep dangerous animals from hurting people. Council members are going to vote on changes at the Austin Animal Center, including shifting the shelter's release policy for animals who have seriously injured someone. It'll also discuss allowing someone who finds an animal to immediately foster it. Current protocol is to keep the animal at the shelter for 72 hours. Staff members hope this could help with overcrowding. And council is also going to talk about affordable housing later on today here in Austin with some new developments when it comes to applying for state tax credits. They want the city to approve a resolution supporting the projects. That meeting starts at 10 o'clock this morning. We'll be there. 
After traveling through nine states over two and a half days, members of the Take Our Border Back convoy are waking up right here in central Texas this morning. The group says it wants to peacefully protest and call on the U.S. government to secure the border with Mexico. The organizers say the group is meeting up at One Shot Distillery today before heading to South Texas. They say the group is not going to Eagle Pass any longer, but rather to a place nearby to pray. In Washington this morning, lawmakers from both parties say they are very close to reaching a deal when it comes to the border. There's a bipartisan Senate bill that is designed to discourage illegal crossings. The legislation would end the practice of catch and release. Instead, migrants seeking asylum who attempt to cross illegally would be detained immediately. Their asylum claims would then be decided while they are in detention and they would be removed within 15 days if they fail their asylum claim interview. The proposal would also allow for the shutdown of the border if a certain threshold is met. Now, the Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell responded to former President Trump's claim that the bill would allow more migrant crossings. Well, I think I'm going to continue not to comment on the presidential campaign. Um, obviously, this is a incredibly challenging uh, political discussion we've been having. I still favor trying to make law when you can. Now, right now, the border deal is tied to aid for Ukraine and Israel, but Senator McConnell left the door open on the possibility of maybe separating the two. Austin police need your help identifying a suspect, a woman accused of drugging several men in downtown, then taking their credit cards and cell phones. APD shared some photos of her. Do you know this woman? Police say the crimes happened between January 2022 and as recently as last month. You're getting a good look at her here. Investigators say the stolen credit cards and phones were then used in fraudulent charges of more than $75,000. Dozens of more officers will be coming to Austin ISD school campuses, some even on motorcycles. Yeah, the district's police chief says he needs to hire more than 80 officers to comply with a new state law. And KXAN's Sarah Alshay explains what steps the district is taking to fill these positions. Sworn in, ready to serve. We're gonna be adding over 117 new staff members. Those are 84 officers and then the supervisors. These are the 16 new supervisors with the Austin Independent School District Police Department, a group of corporals, sergeants, and lieutenants. Majority of them were brand new outside uh, hires. Some of them were internal promotions. They are the first hires under the new House Bill 3 mandate, which requires an armed officer on every school campus. Uh, it's a challenge in and of itself, but you know, we'll, we'll do the best that we can uh, to make the progress. AISD Police Chief Wayne Sneed says now that they've filled these positions, they can start hiring school resource officers, some who will serve in a new motorcycle division for the district. Goal is about uh, 35 motor officers, mainly aimed at our elementary schools. What's frustrating about the new law is that it is, it's essentially an unfunded mandate. AISD parent Cuitlawak Guerra Mojarro says he understands the legislature is requiring this change, but he believes money could be spent elsewhere. We need uh, the district to have the resources and the funds to provide mental health services, to provide counseling, uh, to provide robust social and emotional learning curriculums. Sarah Alsheh, KXAN News. Chief Sneed says eventually there could be 60 officers in that motorcycle division. 
We have another live look. We want to go back out to that fire that is happening now on William Cannon. Uh, you can see firefighters have, uh, it's a three alarm fire, so that means they've been calling in more and more units and that smoke now really making it hard to see. But this is off of uh, South Congress Avenue in South Austin. We're gonna have a live report coming up in the next couple of minutes, but stay with us here on KXAN News Today. New details about a fire right now in an apartment complex in South Austin. Let's hear what the chief had to say. Aerial device and rescue started immediately going into evacuation. The fire started in building four, but because of the close proximity, also started extending into building one, which is the large three-story one that you can see over my shoulder. They started doing that evacuation, making sure that we had uh, a primary search where we're looking for quick, initial, fast, rapid from building from apartment to apartment to make sure we have everyone out of there. That was completed at 335 this morning. At 341, because the fire had started getting into that second floor and into the attic of there, they called for a second alarm. Because it was going into this initial, this additional building over here where we're starting to fight fire in two different buildings, we needed more resources and they called for a third alarm, which at 407 alarm. As you can see, we're still actively fighting fire. Uh, we transitioned to a defensive operations because of the body of fire. We wanted to make sure we were doing safe. All residents have been reported to be out of the building right now. Our primary search has been complete. We're still waiting for a secondary search when we can re-enter firefighters safely into these buildings. We have cutoff lines on the backside onto the building six that's over there. Um, I want to correct if I said that. The first cop saw the fire in building six and then it extended into building one over here. Uh, with the third alarm, you're getting 12 engines, six aerial devices, two rescues, and a multitude of command and control units. That's over 80 firefighters from the city of Austin who have been dedicated to this fire to make sure we have enough resources on scene to safely engage the fire, rotating through for that so that we can keep a constant tempo on that fire. Uh, so far, we've got two buildings involved, over 15 units, uh, no reported injuries, uh, a big thanks goes out to our partners. As always, this is a collaborative community event, event. Police officers first on scene started that evacuation, what they could do with their limited uh, personal protective gear. Uh, CAP Metro has come out. They're providing uh, buses for residents that, have, that are not allowed back in their fire uh, in their apartments right now. We've been listening to the Austin Fire Department talk about this fire on uh, William Cannon in South Austin. The, the big news and the best news is that they say all residents are accounted for after more than 80 firefighters responded to this. We're going to have a live report and show you some of that video that we got. Incredible video of the flames shooting out of the home when we first got there about an hour ago. Next, when KXAN News Today continues. 80 firefighters on the scene of an apartment complex in South Austin near William Cannon and Congress. No word on how many people have been displaced from the apartment complexes, but we do know no one was hurt or injured. And this was a fire that displaced what could be 
like many residents there. Live report from Dylan McKim coming up in just the next few minutes. We'll wait on that, but first on your other news, Williamson County leaders are asking for your help finding the family of a woman killed last fall. And KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez spoke with them to find out what will happen next if no relatives are found. It was on these tracks in Leander where a train hit and killed 41-year-old Naomi Morales. That was in mid-November. More than two months later, law enforcement is still searching for her next of kin. In a general case, we'd start with the driver's license check, property check, uh, then we move on to law enforcement databases. Lieutenant Mike Moeller with Leander Police says investigators have exhausted all options. So far, police believe she's from the Northeast and was experiencing homelessness at the time of her death. He says it's rare that police have to turn to the public to try and find living relatives in cases like this. Other factors have also made it more difficult. Reaching out to the people that we did, she was very secretive about her prior life and her family life. So there again, that adds another layer to uh, trying to find family members. We just want to find family so that they can have closure and then we can close it on our end. Williamson County Justice of the Peace Judge Evelyn McLean says if no one is found, the next steps are clear. So if family steps forward, which is what we want, then they'll decide what they want to do with the decedent's remains. And if family is not located, then we will go to the county judge and, and seek an indigent burial. These are photos of Morales' tattoos. McLean asks anyone that can help connect them with Morales' family to reach out. In Leander, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. You heard Judge McLean there say she would submit that request for an indigent burial to the county judge. It would then go before the county's commissioner's court for approval. If you have any information about any family, you can find that contact information for Judge McLean's office on our website, kxan.com. More families with kids could be saving some money, major money, nearly $80 billion tax cut package that includes the expansion of the child tax credit for millions of lower income families is now headed to the Senate. House lawmakers passed this legislation this week with bipartisan support, but its path is unclear in the Senate. Families that would qualify would see an average tax cut of $680, and it also increases three tax breaks for businesses. You may have money stored away and not even know about it. Today is National Unclaimed Property Day. So if you didn't know, the state has a way to help you find out if there is money that maybe you forgot, like utility deposits, payroll checks, and other money that has been unclaimed. According to the Texas Comptroller's Office, the department has returned more than $4 billion in unclaimed property to its owners since the program started. That was back in 1962. We'll have a link to the state's website on our website, kxan.com. It's a day that people go on this website and they find mm. out, do I have money owed to me? Yes, give it to me. Yes. And it's uh, every year, mine is all a no, a big fat no. So I once did have yeah. money owed to me. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, but it was, I, I remember they wanted all this information, like your mm. social security. And it was like such a not small amount it. that it was like, yeah. I'm not going to go, go I'm not going to spend an hour to get like $7. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, as long as it's not the reverse of like, it's showing you owe money. Right. Right. No, 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 no. Then right. it's fine. That's tax day. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's coming up next month. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. Clouds and radar sharing, just a couple little sprinkles here and there, but nothing significant. We
we're going to see one more mainly dry and warm day today before things really change into Friday. Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather camera there in Round Rock showing 53 degrees. Don't have much going on. It's just a little bit of a mostly partly cloudy sky through the day, but these aren't going to be those big puffy clouds that drop rain. A lot of this still just high cloud cover. 50s to 60s, then 70s. Forecast high, 73 degrees. We've pretty much got everybody in the 70s today. Enjoy that warmth. But as far as tomorrow goes, I'm still expecting it to be warm. We're just going to lose a lot of the quiet weather and start active with fog for tomorrow morning and then really kick things into gear with some storm chances starting in the afternoon on the isolated side, but then growing in coverage and intensity as we get into tomorrow evening. So here's what our high resolution model is painting for 7, 8 p.m. We've got scattered to widespread storms and showers, generally pushing west to east here. Maybe some more intense thunderstorms around the 10 o'clock hour in the Austin Metro, and these will continue overnight to 3 a.m. on your Saturday before everything kind of clears out by late morning on Saturday. That said, we do still have a low severe storm risk on Friday, so this is going to be beginning Friday afternoon and continuing through the overnight hours. Biggest concerns here will be large hail and damaging winds. Most storms will not be severe, but we will have uh, some of those storms try and get a little rowdy on us with some instability out there. The tornado threat is non-zero, meaning there's still a low tornado risk, but I think for us, especially here in Central Texas, if we do see storms, hail and wind will be the two primary concerns. Low risk of a flood threat too. Rainfall total still anywhere from about a quarter of an inch to two inches behind this storm system. So we do anticipate a good soaking rain. Just got to make sure none of those storms get too strong. 70s today through this weekend. Best rain chance comes in late tomorrow night into Saturday morning at 90%. Behind that cold front, whole lot of wind. Wind advisories are likely on Sunday. In addition to some elevated fire weather concerns, temperatures will drop to the 60s late weekend into next week. Kristen, after a string of near misses at Austin's airport, the Federal Aviation Administration picked AUS to receive new air traffic control technology. Yeah, we're learning more about that new tech. The goal is to improve training and overall safety at the airport. The system includes a simulator to help train air traffic controllers, and they can test scenarios like different weather conditions and air traffic levels, specifics to the airport's exact layout. Congressman Lloyd Doggett pushed to get the system to AUS. He told us it'll help improve safety for travelers. It means that our controllers don't have to go to San Antonio to train at a different airport with a different configuration. It should speed training a little bit. That's important because we're so understaffed out there. 95 airports around the country are eventually going to be using these simulators and Congressman Doggett says Austin received it first because the FAA administrator recognized the challenges and training needs here. A report from the FAA showed a sharp increase in the number of close calls at airports, not only in Austin, but all over the country. The agency identified 23 of the most serious types of close calls in the last fiscal year. That ended October 1st, Tom. They're up from 16 the year before, they say. Okay, well, uh, clearly wasn't expecting uh, to be in the spotlight right now, but uh, we want to say that there are some independent estimates that suggest those figures grossly understate the incidents. At a hearing before Congress in November, the head of the National Transportation Safety Board raised concerns about staffing shortages and training for air traffic controllers. She urged lawmakers to fund programs to address the shortages.
We're getting a better look this morning at how bullet resistant glass can help protect officers under fire. The group Operation, Operation Safe Shield hosted a demonstration yesterday for local law enforcement and state lawmakers. The glass has a unique two-way design that blocks gunfire, but also allows officers to return fire. Costs about $9,000 to install, but organizers say it's worth it. How much is an officer's life worth? That's what I tell people. What would you pay to protect that guy that's going to rush to your house and save your life? So to me, 9000 In today's economy, that's not a lot of money. Operation Safe Shield is a nonprofit that raises money to help pay for bullet-resistant glass for police vehicles. It's working to convince lawmakers to provide grants to equip law enforcement statewide. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. Tonight, it's the East-West Shrine Bowl in Frisco. Last night... Steve Sarkeesian was inducted into their Hall of Fame. Sark played in the prestigious college all-star game back in 1997 after his BYU career came to an end when he was at BYU, wasn't really thinking about coaching the likes of Jatavian Sanders, also in the game tonight. Instead, he wanted to keep that career going. At that time, I wanted to be Joe Montana, you know, quite frankly. That, that was my idol, and that's who I wanted to be. Uh, and in the end, I'm, I'm trying to be like Mac Brown and Daryl Royal, you know. So you never know uh, the journey that you get on. Uh, but I do think these experiences uh, sh help shape me to be the head coach that, that, uh, that I am today. I came here to win championships. We got a conference championship last year, um, which was a tremendous honor and, and pumped that we were able to do that. But there's more out there for us to go do and I think we've built a program that is more than capable of doing that uh, on a yearly basis. Mentioned Sanders scheduled to play tonight so is Ryan Watts. Jonathan Brooks part of it but obviously can't play after suffering that knee injury during the season. Big one for the UT women tonight at Baylor. Last night Kansas State lost to OU so K-State and OU with one loss atop the Big 12 standings. Longhorns two back with three losses heading into tonight's game. Back to you. Thanks, Roger. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, good morning and thanks for being with us. Here's what we're tracking at 5. We have two major breaking news stories from overnight, including this, a live crew at the scene of an Austin homicide, the seventh so far this year.